I have a very simple message for you. It's called bought off. It's really simple. It's, it's really salvation 101. I'm, I'm just going to go back to very basic principles of the word of God. Okay? And the, the, the reason I want to do this is to set us for something we normally forget. That God has done a lot. Many times we listen to the word and we hear we are supposed to do this, 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 and that is all very okay. But sometimes we forget what God has done. Amen. He has already predestined us. He has already made everything what? Available. He has already gone ahead. You know, one time I, I came home from work, got into the house, switched on the TV, and I, I, and I was disappointed. And my daughter, Marty, looked at me and said, she was doing her homework, she looked up and said, I know, you wanted to see uh, a man of God called, called Andrew Womack. She said, you wanted to watch Andrew Womack, right? I said, yeah, but uh, it's, uh, he's finished. She said, I can tell you what he was saying. I said, how do you know what he was saying? She said, this is what he has been saying over and over and over, every day. He says, you already got it. <laughs> I said, you've been listening. She said, well, yeah, I do my homework, but I mean, that's the only thing he keeps saying. Then she looked at me and said, Dad, let me ask you, what is this? He says, you already got it, but every day you run here to listen to him. Why can't you get it? What is the problem? <laughs> I said, go back to your homework. It's a bit complicated. <laughs> but the thing is, God has already done so much. God sent his word and healed you and me. You already got it. God already did it. Amen. He set you on this path. He already made you his hard work, his workmanship. You already got it. But sometimes we struggle. We struggle. We try to do this. We try to do this. We have to come from the point of God has already done it. Amen. I, I, if you've listened to Dr. Jerry Saver, one time he said, I mean, he was broke. He went to uh, Brother Copran. He told him, Brother Copran, I understand the healing bit. I mean, I, I, I understand I can believe God and I'm healed. I, I've, I've learned to walk in healing. But let me ask you something. I'm broke. What do I need to do to convince God to give me some money? And Brother Cobra told him, God has already given you everything. He said, everything? Is this it? I mean, is this my, my nothing? This is what God... He said, no, I'm not saying... I'm saying what you need to do is find out. It's not to convince God and extract from God something. You need to know what has already been availed. Then you can flow in it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you follow that? So, that same is, is, is basic, but it's very, very critical to our understanding. Amen. Romans 12, 4 to 8 says, For as we have many members in one body, 
but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of, uh, of one another. Having then what? Gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. See, it says having what? Different gifts. Having them. You already have them. You understand that? Let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry. Let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. Who, he who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He, he who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And you can cross-reference that to Ephesians chapter 4, especially verse 11, and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So in, 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 uh, in Ephesians, it's where he says, God has given first apostles. He said, when he ascended, he gave gifts to men. And he called some to be apostles and teachers and all that. You go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, so you find God has, now we are talking about ministry work. Alright? So it's not just one side. It's, it's everything. And God is saying he has already given these gifts. Okay? So you, you run your race. You find out what does God want me to do and to have in my personal life, in business, whatever it is, in ministry as well. And, uh, and the, the thing is, you must be somewhere. Tell your neighbor, you are either in Romans 12, Ephesians 4, or 1 Corinthians 12. You must be somewhere. You can't be floating around like a bradcrot. Have you ever heard of these guys who went, this guy who went to a wedding? You know, my family, okay, now we are growing bigger, but when we were smaller, you couldn't leave the wedding before the cake has been cut. The kids would riot. Say, we are not going. We are not boarding. We are not leaving. So, this person went to the wedding, and they started serving the cake. He was sitting at the back. Let me use he rather than she. I don't want to get into trouble. <laughs> so, he sat at the back. So, they started serving the cake from the front. By the time they go to the back, the cake is finished. You know, in a wedding, you can't start rioting. It's not like you have a right to get a cake. <laughs> so, this fellow decided he'll position himself properly. You know? In the next wedding, where do you think he's at? At the front. Yeah, makes sense. Start at the front. Where do you think they started serving the cake? from behind. Oh, you can see it. <laughs> so, <laughs> now, second wedding, man goes home without the cake. And if you're a man, you can't appear like you're crying over a cake, you know? <laughs> he thought, <laughs> these people, I'm going to catch them next time. So next time, where do you think he's at? In the middle, yeah. You know it. He's at in the middle, waiting. He knew whichever way they start, I am sorted out. You know? If they go to Azimio, I am there. If they go to this side, I'm there. So he positioned himself, katikatiao. I'll pass there. Politicians are very good at mindling, you know, positioning themselves. So what happened? 
the people split into two teams. One team started from the front, the other one from the back. By the time they got to the middle, is this man flowing with the Holy Spirit or his stomach? He is being led by what? The stomach. And we can miss God and say there is nothing. Why? Because we are not positioning ourselves to the flow. Amen. It is God who knows where you and I need to be what? Positioned. And when we are positioned in the right place, then we will flow. If this guy had remained in his position at the back, he would have been receiving the cake, isn't it? But now they are moving everywhere, led by their stomach. And life can be like that. Everywhere you go, Akuna, you just missed it. Not anymore in the name of Jesus. Say, I'm being positioned by revelation. The right place, the right time, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Bible says these blessings shall come upon you and what? Follow you. They will overtake you. They are to follow you. Why? You have positioned yourself to hear God and to respond to what the word of God is saying. Amen? So, uh, let me say this. As a matter of fact, the primary purpose of the Holy Spirit is to reveal Christ and to reveal to the believer the purpose and identity of the believer. All right? The purpose and identity. It is already done in Christ. The Holy Spirit first reveals Christ to us, then he reveals where we are supposed to position ourselves. Who are we? Actually, the life today, you could say it is the era of identity errors. That's not a tongue twister. It is the era, E-R-A, of identity errors. E-R-R-O-R-S. There is an era in identity. Many young people, many old people, they don't know who they are. They don't know because they are trying to get their identity not from the word of God, but from what someone is saying about them, from what people are saying about them, causing a lot of confusion. Our identity is only in Christ. There is an intensifying crisis of identity. And if you don't identify yourself, if I don't identify myself from the Bible, then this becomes a, a, a crisis that you cannot overcome. You end up flowing from one crisis to another instead of flowing from victory to victory with God. Let me say this. Our identity is rooted in Christ and, not, and what he has done. It's not in physiology. It's not in psychology. It's not in a philosophy. Amen. It is not in physiology or your biology. It's not in your psychology. It is not in your philosophy. It is in Christ. Why do I say that? Galatians 3, 27 to 28 says, For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Let's go on. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Jesus Christ. 
all in Christ Jesus. If I start there, I'll get to the right identity. Hallelujah. Praise God. So all this confusion about genders, about, you know, the, the, the fight between males and females and other groups of people who have just sprung up from I don't know where is because people will not go to the word of God to identify themselves. Amen. Hallelujah. And I want us to look at... at, at uh, so if your identity is not in Christ, then you know nothing about identity. And you just end up confusing everyone else around you. First Peter 1, 18 to 19. It's really sad for people taking prominent positions of power and authority. You'll see it in the U.S. And you are asked, can you tell me who is a woman? And you say you don't know what is a woman. That is really weird. You agree? We are in Africa, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. First Peter 1, 18 to 19. For you know that you are not redeemed from your useless, spiritually and productive way of life inherited by tradition from your forefathers with perishable things like silver and gold, but you are actually purchased with precious blood like that of a sacrificial lamp, unblemished and spotless, the priceless blood of Christ. Hallelujah. I say our title is you are being bought off. You are being bought. Bought. You are purchased. Amen. How that is so critical for us to flow with God. And this is the point. This is the point. To be redeemed is actually to be purchased. When you see redemption, the basic definition of, of that is to be purchased, is to be bought off. All right? We are the redeemed. Jesus is our redeemer. That may look straightforward, but it's, there's revelation in that. You are not the one redeeming yourself. You are already the what? The redeemed of the Lord. Jesus is the redeemer. Redemption is eternal and it did away with everything to do with sin and its effects. Redemption. You remember Pastor David showing you about eternity here last, last Sunday. Redemption is an eternal thing that God has done for you. It's not going to change. Amen? And so, when, if you go back to that scripture that we have read there, that it says, for you know that you are not redeemed. Let's go back to that. You are not redeemed from useless spirit, uh, from useless, from your useless spiritually and productive way of life inherited by traditions from your forefathers with perishable things. I want to make some statements here. Listen. Traditions can make one appear worldly productive, but in reality, they are spiritually useless. That's what that scripture is saying, isn't it? You can appear like you are productive, but you are what? Traditions of people make you spiritually useless. All right? And another statement I want to make here, many value system, men's value system is based on what silver and gold can buy. Alright? But that is temporary. It is R3. 
It is enslaving. It's a value system of men. But what about the value system of God? It is based on redemption. What is redemption? What Jesus has already bought for you. You are bought. You are purchased. So what is it that has is in this package? Redemption, the, if you read the Bible, is the things that Christ has done for us is explained in so many ways. But just, this is not a teaching, but just to mention, you are reconciled to God and pardoned of your sins. What does that mean? You know, I can, have you had the phrase, I forgive you, but, uh, I forgive you, but I don't forget. In other words, keep your distance from me. When God forgives you, he says, come close to me. There is nothing to stop our fellowship. That is reconciliation. That is fellowship. That is communion. That's what reconciliation has availed. Through the blood. It's part of your redemption. The next thing that happens with the redemption is that you've been cleansed. Why are you cleansed? Because you live in a polluted environment, all right? You hear things you shouldn't hear. You see things you shouldn't see. People around you are not godly. So there is pollution, and in the redemption, you have been cleansed. Say cleansed. Then you have been sanctified through redemption. What is sanctification? Sanctification is really a progression. It's a separation. There are two words that can be used, and they are not the same, but they relate to similar things. There is consecration. I separate myself to God. Consecration. You consecrate things to God. But then God sanctifies that through what Jesus has already done. That is when it's acceptable to God. Can I give you an example? In the priesthood, the priests, the tribe of priests were told, you can't marry other tribes of Israel. Was it wrong to marry in Israel? Any other tribe? No. But for the priest, no. You understand? The priests were told, don't take fermented drinks like alcohol. Was it prohibited for everyone else in Israel? No. But because you are a priest who has consecrated yourself to God, and now you are sanctified. There are things that people can do, they are not wrong. But God says, don't do it. Because I have sanctified you to myself. Sanctification is so important. It is what will help you move forward with God. I know in this church we fast and pray in January sometime. Some three weeks in January. Now, if that is the only fasting and hopefully not the only time you pray, <laughs> then you are not sanctifying yourself. You are not, you are not consecrating yourself because fasting is you are setting yourself apart, isn't it? So that God can sanctify you and you can go further with him. Amen? And, and there are others. We, we live in union with God. I already mentioned that. The blood has brought us into union with God. Redemption has brought union with God. Redemption has brought us life. Amen? Paul said, it's not I who live, it's Christ in me who is living. The life that I now live, I live because of the Son of God. So my life, the very life, the new life, 
that I'm living is through redemption. So I said, I'll just mention, I'm not going to go into detail with that. But that all is what you have been bought into. You have been bought off this other system into the value system of God. Amen. And now you can flow in the things of the Spirit. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, uh, men's system, I say this, men's system is adri, is temporary, is enslaving. God's system is heavenly, it's eternal, it's redemptive. James 3, verse 15 to 17. The wisdom, this wisdom, does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil things are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first what? Then, then, then willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. What does that scripture show you? It tells you there are two types of wisdom. I told you there is man's value system and there is God's value system. So man's value system has his own wisdom. It has his own power. It has his own authority. It has his own love. Alright? God's system equally has its own wisdom. It has its own power. It has its own everything you can go and you realize there is another parallel system. <laughs> Amen. In the market, in the market, whatever market you go into, there are genuine things and what? Counterfeit. Why are there counterfeit? Because there is a genuine thing, isn't it? If somebody came to you with a fake 10,000 shilling note, will you take it? Can somebody call you with a 10,000 shillings, Kenya shillings note? I mean, if somebody gave you 10,000 Kenya shillings note and you came here saying, oh, you, I was gone, I was given a 10, what would you think about such a person? Really? You deserve to be conned, right? Why? Because there is no genuine what? 10,000 Shilling note. Now, if you have a thousand shilling note and you say, can you see this one? I mean, I, I didn't notice the features. Now I can, ah, yeah. I mean, this is so close to the original. That is why a con man can, 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 can not you, all right? Can con some other people who are not paying attention. Not you, right? But, but you see that. Because there is a genuine thing, there can be what? A counterfeit. So there is counterfeit wisdom. There is counterfeit authority. There is counterfeit power. There is counterfeit... Why do we know it is counterfeit? It's not redemptive. It's not bringing redemption. It's not showing what Christ has done. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It says... Uh, so when you see these things, you see manipulation, intimidation, you see uh, people being controlled, that, and politicians, not just politicians. You see this. You see that in the offices. You see it in the marketplace. Somebody says, I have authority. I have power. 
I am telling you to do this and this. What kind of power are we talking about here? Is it redemptive? Is it, is it, does it meet this criteria? Is it, is it, uh, where was it? Is it gentle? Is it peaceable? Is it pure? Is it gentle? Is it full of mercy? Is it without partiality? Is it without hypocrisy? Or, or is it the other thing? Adri, sensual, demonic, envious, self-seeking, confusion. So I don't want to flow with that. But it's presented and it can be very deceptive. We got to know, I'm saying, what have you, you've been bought off. You need to understand, what have I been bought off from? What have I been bought into? So I don't flow in funny stuff. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, uh, I think we are going to look at a scripture. See, the wisdom of God yields to and flows with his word and the Holy Spirit. Now, it may not sound rational, but it's still wisdom of God. Let me give you an example. Jesus said, if someone strikes you on one, what? Chick, what are you supposed to do? And just sit there and let them beat the daylight out of you. <laughs> you know, is that what it means? Look at, look at, uh, look at Moses. When he, he said, I can't go to Pharaoh. And God told him, what do you have in your hand? What did he have? A rod, all right? He told him to do what? Strike, drop it on the ground, strike on the ground. What did the rod turn into? Ah, a what? A snake. You are sure it was a snake? What if I dropped this here and it turned into a snake? How many people will be left in the sanctuary? I have a farm in Narok. The guys there, I went and they said, wow, I was asleep. A snake fell. I said, wow. <laughs> the other guy living in another building told me, also for me, the other day, a snake fell. Boom. At night. I said, whoa. This is serious. I told my wife that, you know, when we talk about the farm, my wife will say, ah, we'll go. I, I need to go there. I haven't been there for a while. You know, the, the girls say, Dad, you know, I think we can, oh, we, we, not, not them really often. You say, let's go to the farm, guys. You see what is going on there. And, you know, they say, yeah, 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 yeah. I think we need to make plans for that. So this conversation on and off, all, all the time I go, I come back. Yeah. <clears throat> then I went there one night. And in the middle of the night, I had a boom. <laughs> I switched on the torch, and there was a snake. So I came home. I, 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 didn't, know, I didn't know whether I want to share this. <laughs> Ever since I shared that story, nobody, nobody, when I say the farm, people are busy. <laughs> say, are there still snakes there? <laughs> So, <clears throat> but listen to this. When that snake, I mean, Moses was scared. It's a snake, all right? What did God tell him to do? To lift that snake by what? The what? How are you supposed to lift a snake? 
the head. If you don't want to be beaten. Okay, first of all, talking about snakes is, I mean, wow. Snakes, no. Now, if you are going to actually lift it, the safest way, you are not still safe, but at least you have a bit of an opportunity here to escape, is you hold it by the what? The head. Do you ever watch something called Snake City? Yeah, okay, maybe you don't. But there are snakes, you hold the snake by, you pin it down with something, then you hold it by the head. You don't ever, 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 ever lift a snake by the tail. Next thing you'll see Jesus. <laughs> see what happened? He said, you said we handle snakes and here I am. The snake has handled me. So when God tells Moses, lift the snake by the tail, what is he trying to do? To get uh, uh, Moses a quick exit out of this bladder? No. He's telling him, he's not setting him up to be beaten by a snake. All right? He's telling him, the place I'm sending you, you can't protect yourself. You are going to have to depend on me. You are going to have to listen very carefully to what I tell you. Because you are walking into a den of snakes. And the only way you are going to come out is because you are listening. When I say hold it by the tail, if God says hold it by the tail, he knows what he is talking about. Amen. When God says turn the other cheek, he doesn't mean sit there until they, you drop dead. Bam, 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 boom. He means trust in me. I can protect you in this economy, in this nation, in your business, in your family, in your workplace, in ways you have no idea about. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen. Say God is able to help me. Amen. <coughs> Excuse me. So, the wisdom of God, when you're listening to it, it may not sound rational, but it's true. God is not calling you to be a snake handler. He is calling you to demonstrate his power and his authority. Hallelujah. Simply put, the blood of Jesus is the price that was paid. And you and me are the merchandise. Say merchandise. Matthew 13, 44-46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. You see that? So he's comparing the kingdom of God to what? To a field, right? To a treasure in a field, and he's also comparing that to a pearl. All right? Of great value. Okay? Uh, now, you can look at this scripture and you say, I found the kingdom of God, went and sold everything, gave up everything, 
And now I have the kingdom. I have some news for you. There is nothing you can sell to satisfy the price of the kingdom. You understand that? Not that you can't sell, but if you are selling to buy into the kingdom of God, it's impossible. This scripture tells you and me, you, tell your neighbor this, you are the hidden treasure in a field. Tell them you are the pearl of great value. Listen, people, God found you and considers you treasure. So he bought you. <laughs> Amen. He sent Jesus the best and highest that heaven has to get you. You should be saying amen. amen. Because, you listen, we are talking about you have been bought. You will not. I cannot flow with God if I have a sense of worthlessness. That is not humility. It is not receiving what God has already done for me. Hallelujah. You are the treasure, the pearl. Hallelujah. Jesus has found you. Oh, people say, Andrew saying, oh, we found Jesus. Oh, we found Jesus. Was Jesus lost? Who was lost? I was lost, but I found Jesus. What are you thinking about, Anjabu? Mambo ya Anjabu. This is Anjabu. You are lost and you found Jesus. You are lost. Jesus found you. Now you responded, all right? That's what happened. That is the miracle that happened. That you and me, God, found value in us. In Jeremiah 1, verse 5, says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. There is divine purpose. There is intrinsic value. When were you created? When did God see you? Before you were in your mother's womb. You were not born into the wrong family. I don't care how your father is behaving today. I don't care how your mother is behaving today. You were formed by God and put in that place. Can I tell you something? God was not conned. God was not conned in purchasing you. Amen. He already knew everything about you before he purchased you. Amen. Say there is a divine purpose to my life. So we find in Jeremiah 1, 5, he is called to be a prophet. And I already showed you the New Testament types. All right? This is a type in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, towards Romans chapter 12. Okay? <coughs> Excuse me. So, redemption covers everything. Spirit, soul, and body. Errors. Hallelujah. Now, First uh, Corinthians seven twenty-three. I'm going to read this scripture in the New King James Version in the NLT version and in the TPT version. You are bought at a price. Again, you are what? Bought at a what? A price. You are not a freebie. You are not an addition discount. Alright? You are bought. 
and says, do not become slaves of men. Uh, that is, and in NLT it says, excuse me, <coughs> NLT, God paid a high price for you, so what? Don't be enslaved by the, the world. Let's look at it in the TPD version. Since a great price was paid for your redemption, can we read together? Stop having the mindset of a slave. Amen. The world and its elements wants you to behave like you are a slave. Like you are depending on them. You know there is a difference between an escaped slave and a slave who has been set free. If a guy escapes from a committee, is he going to go around boasting how he has escaped from committee? <laughs> he knows they are looking for him. They are ready to catch him anytime, isn't it? He is an escaped what? Prisoner. He's a prisoner. He's escaped. It's different when somebody paid the price and released him. Now they can boast. They can go anywhere and say, I used to be in committee, but now I'm free. <clears throat> this is what the Bible is telling us. Don't become slaves of men. Don't become a slave of your phone. Don't become a slave of your job. Don't become a slave of your business. Don't become a slave of men. Hallelujah. <clears throat> a slave has no rights. He has no claims. He's compelled to act even against their own interests. Let me briefly talk about something called demonic influence. Because that's there. Now, this is not a lesson on demonology. But it's good for us to understand that there are demons. What the primary purpose of demons is to enslave people. You may think your addiction to the phone is normal. It is not normal. Anything that enslaves you is from the devil. It's demonic influence. Alright? And I heard a man of God say, you know, when demons go to a place which is clean, they act clean. <coughs> sophisticated, they act sophisticated. We, we are able to see people who are addicted to alcohol and drugs and call them out. But the reality is that there are so many other addictions. It is the same spirit. Amen? It's the same spirit. Addiction to food. Oh, I can't sleep unless I take a cup of tea or whatever. It's an addiction. It's not of God. It's from? Say it. It's a demon. Say it's a demon. It is. It is a demon. <clears throat> you got to look at it and say, you demon. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You will not influence my life. I wanted to go this way. You are pulling me this way. You are a slave. The point is, there are many things that enslave people. has nothing to do with what we think is demonic because the devil is highly adaptive. I know you may not say amen, but I'm telling you he is. He is very addictive. Sense of rejection, harassment, resentment, fear, confusion. All that is demonic influence. Do you know when Jesus went somewhere, God read the book of Mark. Every places. Jesus went to in synagogues. What happened? Demons started talking to him. 
Jesus. Every, most of the places he went, there were demons. Don't try to convince me there are no demons. I don't want to say here, but the demons are there. Somewhere. <laughs> they, they, it's not, see, we say he cast out demons. I had a man of God say, because of that, we've used the word casting out, associated it with the demons, we have lost the meaning of what it actually means. He means he expelled them. Have you heard a student has been expelled from school? Doesn't sound demonic, right? I mean, you are expelled from school. If I say, you are cast out of the school. Ah, demons. So we've associated casting out with demonology. But actually the word is expelled. You expel anything that ties you down. That ties you down. That lift, stops you from enjoying the, anything that compels you to do. I wanted to do this, but you know, I was feeling, I tried, I struggled. Demon, demon, demon. Ah, Francis, they are there. I think it's only Martin who believes that. But being a part of Jesus' ministry was expelling demons. What does that mean? It's illegal. A demon, because you've been bought. Now, anything that is operating in your life to enslave you is illegal. What do you do with an illegal squatter? You expel them. You expel them. Because of time, I'll move a bit faster here. Luke 4.18 the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me yeah, to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the bride, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. That is the mission of Jesus. Resist intimidation, manipulation, you are designed to be an influence. You are not under any circumstances. Hallelujah. We normally say that under the circumstances, I could not do this. How did you get under the circumstances? Aren't you supposed to be at the top? Never beneath. Ahead. Head. Not the what? The tail. I told you that account of my trip to France. Actually, it had started much earlier. In Nairobi, what happened? I was to fly on a KLM flight from Nairobi, JKIA, to Amsterdam. But I had an issue with my visa, so I missed the KQ flight, Kenya Airways flight. They told me, we'll put you on the waiting list for the KLM flight, which comes almost midnight, maybe around 11, that time. And so, I am on a waiting list. I go to the airport now at night. So I missed my flight from Nairobi to Amsterdam. So that means I missed my flight from Amsterdam to France. Okay? So now, but and, until I find, I get to Amsterdam, I don't know. I, but I need to leave Nairobi. So I went. So I'm, what, eight hours already late. So, uh, by the grace of God, uh, I, I got a seat on that KLM flight. You see, come, if there's a, a seat, you'll go. If not, you'll have to wait for tomorrow. I'm going for a meeting. The meeting is not going to wait for me. All right, you understand? So, 
when I, 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 I go to the airport and, and uh, you wait, a waiting list is waiting. You wait there. You wait as people board. You don't know what to pray. Should there be an accident <coughs> on Mobasa Road? Lord, what should I pray? Should somebody just be delayed, quarrel with their wife and they don't make it or what? Because <laughs> you see people coming. You're like, it's like everybody is coming. I mean, this flight looks like it's going to be. So you didn't have to control your mind eh? on a waiting flight. An international waiting flight is not easy. So finally they say, all right, we got guys who are waiting. All right, well, praise God. When you're on a waiting list, you don't get an opportunity to choose where to sit. You are just glad. <laughs> they get you into that plane. So I got in there, sat down. We were the only, I didn't know that, but it's all white faces here. This is a KLM flight, Nairobi, Amsterdam, all white faces. I get, get sat next to a certain woman. She says in Kikuyu, praise the Lord. Hey, God has brought you. I looked at her, I thought, woman, where are you going? She said, uh, I'm heading to Georgia, Atlanta. Amsterdam, New York, and uh, Georgia. Uh, they spoke on the PA system. She said, what are they saying? I said, I don't understand. She said, you are a learned person, right? I said, yeah. So you don't know what they have said? I said, they spoke something called Dutch. I don't understand it. She said, oh, they also have tribes and languages. I said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they said, they told her, now they are spoken in English. This is what they have said. She told me, tell them not to give me alcohol. I'm saved. I said, when they come around, I'll let them know <laughs> you are a sister in the Lord. <laughs> so she gave me all the story about her son who lives in Atlanta and he has a child and she's going there to help with the baby. I looked at her. I wondered. I was late on my flight, but I thought, what was I getting worried about? This woman? She is going to Amsterdam? New York and Georgia, Atlanta, and she doesn't speak English. She only speaks some Kikuyu. This is her first time to Nairobi. First time to Nairobi from Nakuru. She's come to Nairobi first time on a plane <laughs> full of white people. <laughs> and her number one concern, let them not give me alcohol. <laughs> I'm born again. I am saved. They need to know that in this, in this flight. <coughs> that woman <coughs> was not going to be intimidated <coughs> by anybody or anything. She was quite serious about it. Are you, do you follow what? She's heading to where? Georgia, Atlanta. She has her boarding passes arranged. Since she was told, don't move them. Hold them like that. She said, I believe God. I'll get there. She said, listen, God has brought you here. I couldn't argue with her. She said, God has brought you here. I was the evidence. God is answering her prayers. I thought, woman, you are the one who made me late, right? I didn't tell her that, but I thought about it later. That woman got me late. 
Old mama. Fruit to Amsterdam. I took her to the gate for the flights to New York. And I, I, I spoke to the guy. You know, I mean, she doesn't know anything. We went there. It's cold and chilly. So I bought her coffee. We took some coffee. I spoke with her. Prayed with her. Waited with her there until somebody came there. Then I told this person, listen, this mama is heading to Georgia, Atlanta. She does not speak English. So I need you to help her. The guy said, wow, that is good. I actually am not good in English. French, good for me. I said, she doesn't speak French. <laughs> he looked at me and said, ah, Dutch is okay. I said, no, not Dutch. He looked at me and said, what does she speak? I said, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Just make sure, you see her boarding buses, make sure, please, that she gets on this way. Are you the one here the whole day? said, yeah. said, fine, you, you handle that. And, man, I, 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 I have been spent, I know I spent quite a bit of time with her. Remember, I am on a connecting flight. Eh? I don't know how I'm going to get to France. So I excused myself, prayed with her, left her cheerfully. She said, I'll get to Georgia, Atlanta, I'm telling you. So I left her. <laughs> I went... Uh, checked, I mean, got out, went to catch a flight to, to France. I found another uh, African there. <clears throat> He's saying, do you speak French? He said, no. He said, man, we are in trouble. He said, what are you talking about? There is a mama there on the other side of this airport. <laughs> She's headed to Georgia, Atlanta. You tell me I don't speak French, I can't. Uh, come on, man. Cheer up. What's that? <laughs> You are not to be under any circumstances confused, oppressed, not knowing what to do. You have been bought off. Your entire ticket has been ticketed. You only need to check the boarding pass and ask somebody, is this where I am supposed to be? Good, open the plane, I'm coming. We are going. Say I am going, I'm reaching my destination. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Wonderful women. She doesn't know anything. She knows she's saved. And because she's saved, she's going to get there. And because God has already shown her a miracle, me and her are the only black guys on that plane. And she's speaking Kikuyu to me. See, how did she know I'm from Kikuyu? She didn't care. She knew she had prayed. <laughs> Somebody is going to sit on their seat and they are going to speak to me, we'll understand each other. We were bought off and given a new life. We were made ambassadors of Christ. Let me quickly give you a, a, a few scriptures here. Second Corinthians 5, 15. I'll read it in the NLT, then verse 17 to 20, King James Version. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of Reconciliation. Now then, we are what? Abbasanders for Christ. 
as though God, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you in Christ's behalf, be what? Reconciled to God. So what are we telling the world? Don't fear. Don't worry. You are a friend of God. We were bought off and made sons, joined heirs with Christ. What she said, for better things. Amen? We witness all our lives that the price of sin has been paid. God is our eternal father. Listen to Galatians 4, 3 to 7. Even so, let me see, read it further. Even so, we, when we were children, that children there is talking about infants. When we were infants. Were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive their adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a what? A son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. So there is an inheritance for you. Amen. You are not without an inheritance. But see, a child can fear. A child can be enslaved, infant, because they don't know their rights. But a son knows their rights. Amen. A son wants to seek where is this inheritance. A son will flow with the father. Hallelujah. As a similar scripture is in, um, is in, uh, where is it? It's in Romans 8, 14 to 17. <clears throat> Romans 8. It says, uh, can we start from verse 14, please, if you don't mind? Verse 14. It says, for as many as are what? Led by the Spirit of God. These are what? Sons of God. So being able to flow with the Spirit is a, an indicator of maturity. Alright? You become a son. Let's go on. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive, you see that? You did not receive the spirit of what? Bondage. Fear is bondage. It's a marker that there is something wrong. You have not appropriated the fatherhood and the goodness of God. Alright? But you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out what? Abba. Father. Same words, alright? The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. This children is not like the other children. This children is born of. Alright? It's a different child. The other one is an infant. This one is you are a son, but you know I was born of God. That is what happened to us when we were born. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fear reaches its maximum potential in orphans. You see, an orphan does not have a what? A father. So, they are fearful. Thank God for this ministry. That a big part of our ministry work, what Elder Ruth does, is to reach out to what? Orphans and what? Vulnerable children. Why? To provide fatherhood to them. They need a father. They need the goodness of God as the father. Because fear, fear is big in orphans. Because they have nobody. They have nobody, but thank God for you and me. Amen? Let me make a, a few statements here. Fear is a marker of bondage. Marker. It marks bondage. What will people think? What if the word doesn't work for me now? Fear. Fear of the future. Fear. 
actually fear is failure to focus on the love and the fatherhood of God. That's what happens. You become fearful automatically if you are not focusing on the love of God, the goodness of God, the fatherhood of God. You're right? It is an auto-response to a lie. That means Satan has lied to you and me that God has not bought us off in this area. Where it's, well, it's our finances or our health or relationships, right? If I buy that lie, then automatically fear kicks in. And it's an auto... Have you ever heard of autoimmune diseases? What is an autoimmune disease? It attacks the very defense system that God put in you to defend yourself against disease. An autoimmune disease. Fear is an autoimmune disease in the spirit world. It comes to weaken our faith, our love, our faith in the love of God. And we don't, are not going to flow with that. Amen. And so, let me say, First uh, uh, Peter 2.24, let me share this, First Peter 2.24. You know, it's a familiar scripture, but it says, Who himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. I want to bring that out because Jesus went out healing and casting out devils. Even today, when we walk in a revelation of the fatherhood of Jesus, how we have been born, we are able to resist sickness and disease and resist demons. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is love. Perfect love casts out fear. Go read First John uh, chapter 4, the, 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 the fourth chapter of First John. You'll see a lot of that. Love flows from fatherhood of God. Let me end up with, uh, wind up with this scripture. Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Matthew 11, 28 to 30. In the, New, in the New King James Version, it says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. If you look at that in the, in the message version, Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. The Father has given me all these things to do and say. That's what I'm doing to you today. I'm sharing with you the heart of the Father. All right? This, this is what he says. This is a unique father-son operation. See, there is a unique father-son operation with me. Because now you are the son, all right? Now, Jesus is talking here, but you put yourself, because we are joined heirs with him, all right? We are in his position now. And says, this is a unique father-son operation coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. What do I need? Knowledge. What do I need? Fellowship then I understand the operation of the Father. No one knows the Son the way the Father does, nor the Father the way the Son does, but I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone listening, willing to listen. All right? Are you tired? Worn out? Burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me 
and you recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and walk with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the enforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you learn to live how? Freely and lightly. You have been born to live like that. Hallelujah. Do you see that? That man's father moved by his love for his son. Hombre. I mean, are you hombering in life? Not think, wondering, do I quit? What, what, just hombering. In your finances, hombering. Through sickness and disease, hombering. Marriage is family, hombering. Just, 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 I mean, thank God, see, he had to determine, I'm going to continue. What he says, he told his father, Put me on the fifth ring. Put me back on the fifth ring. I'm going to finish. But you can see his face. I mean, when he saw his father, like, my goodness, I have a father. Hallelujah. I don't know what is humbling your life. My message today, your father. Your father. Your father. That's another father. I mean, the man was limited. What could he do? But God is your father. The Bible says, if other fathers who are evil know how to give good things to their children, if another father could not stand the pain and see his son just hombering, I mean, he's giving it his best, but he needs help. Listen, God is more than other fathers. God can even reverse time. You know, you can say the race was already finished. God lives in eternity. He can move that race to the start. And the hobbling son becomes a winner. Now God is just. But do you see the love of what? An angry father. How much more will your God help you win in life? Amen. Right now, I just want you to lift your hands. Just lift your hands. Say, Father in heaven, I thank you so much for the price of my redemption. Thank you for the revelation that now I'm a son of the living God. I receive, I appropriate everything the redemption has availed for me. I declare I'm a winner in life. I'm not hobbling through life without help. I gladly receive my identity in Christ Jesus. Do you believe that? Say amen. 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 Would you appreciate the Lord? Amen. That creep can bring tears. And here is just 
an earthly father with limited capabilities, how much more will God with his unlimited ability move into your life and help you to succeed? You are a winner. Tell your neighbor that. Because your God is a winner. Hallelujah. Praise God.